Welcome to Responding to Life, a podcast hosted by me, Josephine Atlery. Do you ever feel like you could use some guidance when life throws you a curveball? By listening to the narratives in this podcast, you will learn from other people's experiences and responses to challenging situations so you can fast track the learning curve to get ahead in your own life. Welcome to episode three of the Responding to Life podcast. Today, we will be diverging from my personal stories in order to hear from my first and very special guest, Bogdan Shark Grobiniuk. I love Shark's personal story so much that I just couldn't wait to share it with all of you. You see, I have a deep fascination with athletes of all types, from the great ones like Muhammad Ali, Serena Williams, and Kobe Bryant, down to the likes of my daughter and her gymnastics teammates. This may sound cheeseball, but it's, it's true. A smile even pops up on my face when I'm at the gym, and I see some random person working so hard to crush their goals. For me, I'm drawn to and have great admiration for that athlete who is driven and dedicated to their craft. I love being a witness to someone's unyielding perseverance and passion. It motivates me to do better and to be better just like this person that is crushing it right before my very own eyes. I think athletes have this ability over other types of public figures to become role models because of the accessibility of of sports, meaning it's easier to put ourselves in the shoes of a tennis player than to imagine ourselves as a Supreme Court judge because we can easily pick up a tennis racket, a basketball, or ice skates and just try it out. And after trying out a sport, when we then get to see those great ones in action, We can now view that athlete and their mastery of their craft with a deeper respect and understanding of what it must have taken for them to get to that point. Plain and simply, it took that athlete a lot of hard work and grit. And that's when the admiration comes up within us. It's a lot easier to connect to the path of a tennis star versus a Supreme Court judge, which is why I believe many of them become our go-to role models. For me, I never had the privilege of playing a team sport as a child. My parents were immigrants from the Philippines who worked hard to raise a family in this country, and they didn't know to put me in any sports because they were too busy working to put a roof over our heads and food on the table. Instead, I focused on my studies so that I could up-level my life. It wasn't until my 30s, though, that I started to crave a physical outlet, an opportunity to test out the athletic abilities that I had started to have within me as I continued to increase and vary my fitness endeavors. In the process of transforming my relationship with sports and fitness, so too grew my love of the athlete and their mindset. A year ago, I decided to take up boxing because I was dropping off my eldest son to boxing lessons and figured I was already in the gym, so why not try it out? Up until that point, my focus had been on weightlifting and obstacle course races, and I had tried out boxing once years ago with a friend of mine, but it didn't really interest me at the time. Perhaps now that I have all the kids and have so much stress to release that boxing finally resonated with me. To say that I have become obsessed with boxing is an understatement. So this long story of mine leads up to how I met today's guest. Shark is one of the trainers at Box and Burn in Los Angeles where I train. I happened to take one of his classes last year and was really impressed, not with just the way he taught and led the class, but also the way in which he motivated the students, both at the gym and on his social media account. 
I then found out his backstory and was completely blown away. But before we start Shark's interview, so you can hear firsthand about his incredible story, allow me a minute or two to wow you with this guy's background. Shark was born and raised in Ukraine, where he started his athletic career as a swimmer at the age of seven. Throughout his swimming career in Ukraine, he was a two-time junior national champion and multiple-time silver and bronze medalist. Shark's dedication and motivation to get better pushed him to move to the U.S. in 2011 to continue to perfect his athletic skills and obtain a higher education. In four years of competing at a collegiate level, Shark became a 16-time Pennsylvania State Athletic Conference champion and NCAA Division II All-American breaking school and conference records. Once he was no longer able to compete as an NCAA swimmer, Shark moved on to his other passion, boxing. He applied his same work ethic to boxing to eventually compete as an amateur boxer. Shark has had 20 years of experience as an athlete and brings this mentality and knowledge to all those he trains and interacts with in life. Armed with a BS in athletic coaching and professional education, and countless trainer and coach-specific certifications, Shark is on a mission to change people's lives by improving their overall health and mentality. Welcome, Shark. Thank you so much for joining me today on this interview. Thank you so much for having me. I'm honored to be your first guest. Yeah. Um, you didn't hear, but I pre-recorded an intro about your background. And I'll, all I can say is, wow, you're a total badass. And I knew that from seeing you, but it's different when you see someone's accomplishments all written out. And thank you. Yeah, no, my pleasure. So the the goal of the podcast was to help people understand how to approach life and all the challenges that come their way. Mm -hmm. And so when I thought of having a first guest, you came to mind instantly. Um, so let's begin by talking about your, your swimming journey, which started at a very young age and then the obstacles that you face <clears throat> on your rising journey. Yeah. So I started swimming, uh, when I was seven years old. Um, I didn't choose to, I didn't choose a sport that I was wanted to play. It was just, it happened that my parents uh decided to bring me to the swim club and the reason for that was um only health purposes you know because swimming is a low risk of injury sport uh full body workout um you know those reasons there they had no intentions uh of me becoming a athlete of high level or anything like that but i joined this club and uh I guess I trained hard and uh, and my hard work was paying off and uh, I didn't even train that hard to be honest when I was a kid and I was winning regional like uh, championships and stuff like that and when I felt that you know um, I can do it I started training harder and um, having more success so um at when I was 13, I believe, uh, I went to my first, uh, I was born and raised in Ukraine. Right. And, um, when I was 13, I went to my first Ukrainian national championships, uh, in my, um, age group level. 
and uh, I placed second. And I was, I surprised myself. And, um, you know, that feeling was very addicting. You know, I was like, I want, I want more. I want to become a champion. And um, so I was, I continued uh, training hard, continued my career. Uh, at some point I was able to win uh, Ukrainian national championships. I was able to do it twice. I was multiple time silver and bronze medalist, medalist of Ukraine. Um, yeah, but then if we talk about the obstacle, when I was 18 years old, uh, during swimming practice, it was a um, um, morning swimming practice. I remember that day like it was yesterday. It was April 15th, 2010. Uh, during the swimming practice, we had a swimming set. It was 6.50s, and we had to build our effort from 1 to 3 and from 4 to 6. So first is easy, second is you know medium effort, kind of strong third the fastest and then again fourth easy fifth medium effort sixth fastest so i finished my sixth interval sixth 50 and i finished it hard and i touched the wall and then i i just it's obviously not unusual to have a high heart rate right at the end of a of, of a race but um i feel that my heart rate is very elevated and it feels different than normal and I decided to count my heart rate and normally we would do it in 10 seconds count the beats in 10 seconds and anything above 30 if you if you count 30 beats in 10 seconds you're working hard and normally I would check my heart rate on my neck uh, right here but at that particular moment I looked down on my chest and I see that my, my the skin on my chest is bumping. I can see it elevating, going up and down. And I realize that it's my heart, you know, and my heart is beating extra hard. And I'm like, what's going on here? And uh, I decided to put my hand on my heart and count, try to count the beats. It was so easy to feel the beat. So I was counting with my hand on my heart. What I counted was 35, but I'm sure I miscounted because because it was very, very fast. So at that point, I, I'm realizing something is wrong. It's not slowing down, although I'm not working hard anymore. I'm not racing. I finished my race, and I'm just standing uh, there, uh, and I'm telling my coach, look, something is wrong with me. Uh my heart, my heart rate is 35 in 10 seconds and he laughs he helps <laughs> warm down that was his reaction warm down means swim nice and easy breathe uh deeply try to slow your heart rate down and i'm like i really don't feel like warming down right now something is wrong here but he refuses to listen to me so i climb out of the pool and i f go to another coach on the pool deck who was working with their swimmers and I uh, grab this lady and I and I tell her, look at me. And I stand in front of her and she sees my chest. She sees that something is clear, clearly wrong with me. And she goes, well, have a seat on this bench. Have a seat, breathe, you know, relax. Let's, let's try to figure it out. And I have a seat on this bench. But at this point, I'm, I'm panicking, right? And I'm having a million thoughts a second. And one of these, one of these thoughts that I'm catching is for whatever reason, 
is to go into showers and take a cold shower. I don't know why. I'm catching this thought. I'm getting off this bench and I'm walking toward showers. Thank God on my way to showers, I met a uh, nurse on the pool deck. There is a pool deck nurse like you know how there's lifeguards and everything in the pool in the pool so there was a nurse and i grabbed this lady and i say something is wrong with me help me and that was it she told me to have a seat on this bench but at, at some point i was just laying on this bench they called an ambulance this lady was you know trying to measure my uh blood pressure and stuff doing all kinds of things that i don't know what she was doing but Things were, uh, things were going rough, and I felt like, um, I felt like I was on the edge. You know, uh, I was fighting for my life. It, you know, it's crazy. I remember my my friend who I was swimming with. It, we were swimming that practice together he climbed out of the pool when all of that was happening to me and when i was laying on this bench he was kind of behind the bench holding my head like this so i was looking up at him while this nurse was trying to do all kinds of things they there was like called an ambulance and they call an ambulance uh, my parents came to the pool even before the ambulance came it took ambulance about 40 something minutes and um I think they shot me epinephrine, which is adrenaline, uh, and did something else. And then uh, they got out. They got me out of that state. Right when I was, I was really not right. You know, something was really wrong. So after all that that happened, they told me that um, I had a cardiac arrest. Cardiac arrest basically means heart stoppage. My heart was not beating for about 40 minutes and my blood pressure was zero for about 40 minutes as well. So technically I died, but the crazy thing is my eyes were open and I remember everything that was happening. That's incredible. <laughs> so after that, that life-changing moment, what happened with your your swimming career mm. and how you approached life yeah after that good question so <clears throat> before a cardiac arrest happened my dream was to become an olympian and represent ukraine at the olympic games but after a, a cardiac arrest happened they hospitalized me they did all kinds of tests they figured that i was I had a heart condition, which I was born with, which is called Wolf-Parkinson-White syndrome. Um, and um, they said, I'm going to have to need to do get a surgery to fix the problem that caused um, cardiac arrest to happen. About a month after that accident, after I had my cardiac arrest, we had a surgery performed on me. And um, the doctor who did the surgery was a specialist in this field and she told me that um surgery went well and this should not happen again however they did not recommend i continue continue my athletic career competitive as a competitive athlete they said uh working out and 
fitness for fitness is encouraged and they support it but however playing competitive sports and pushing my body to the limits uh in training daily it could be dangerous and risky so the long story short is the doctors did not clear me to continue swimming uh, to con you know continue my athletic career and i could not find a coach to work with me in ukraine so that's how my olympic dream died basically but um i'm thankful that everything played out the way it did because that's what pushed me to explore another opportunities other opportunities and uh that's how i you know started looking how how can i come and try to continue my swimming career in a country that's number one in the world in swimming and that's the united states united states is number one in swimming so basically uh i send information about me about myself about my swimming results to uh, a lot of uh colleges in the united states and um the first college that gave me a full athletic scholarship i accepted it and i came to united states um a year after i had my cardiac arrest i had to keep secret about my heart condition i did not tell anybody what happened to me because otherwise i would not be clear to compete here either but it paid off because surgery went well and i knew uh i would be all right and um yeah it did pay off i worked my the hardest i ever worked after coming to the united states and i took my swimming results to a whole new level i swam way faster after coming to the united states after my cardiac arrest than i swam when i was in ukraine and i was a junior national champ there um yeah i went, i was i swam and um i went to westchester university of pennsylvania our um biggest um meets of the season in college i competed as uh ncaa athlete right so our two biggest meets of the season were pennsylvania Pens excuse me pennsylvania athletic state uh conference psac yes uh and nationals obviously national championships and i won i was a pennsylvania champ my freshman sophomore junior and senior year i won and um i was also able my junior year i placed eighth in the nation and i earned all american honors as well that's incredible thank quite, you very much quite an achievement especially after having overcome such an obstacle was mm. there ever any fear in the back of your mind when you were pushing yourself to this next level about what might happen what might happen again with your condition no never i i let go and that's it i was living in the moment and i was listening to my body and trusting the process trusting my dreams and my ambitions and no as far as fears that cardiac arrest might happen or I might die again in practice or in competition. No, I have not had those thoughts. Uh, so part of the idea behind this podcast came when I was speaking to my sister-in-law about 
I'm going to start this podcast. So it leads into this book that I'm writing. And she just asked me a simple question of how are you doing this with the five kids and just the stresses of life. And it, it was a question that I couldn't really form words for because it, I felt it just deep inside of me. And then it struck me that maybe other people don't really have this mentality, but perhaps they can come to a point to strive for that and maybe garner some tools from other people who face life Absolutely. in this admirable way. So I, I guess I wanted to think about, like, maybe in your upbringing or something in your past, what's, what fueled this mindset of yours? Or has it always just been deep within? <clears throat> you know, when I had to make that decision, you know, uh, as far as ending my athletic career is not an option, that just came from within, you know, um, at this point of my life, I was only 18 years old back then. Right now I'm 28 and I've been through a lot more challenges since then. And uh, I try to take every day, every year, and every year, every month, every week, every day, every second to try to be the best man I can be, grow, learn, evolve in whichever way I can in, in fitness, be, become a better fitness trainer and, and a boxing trainer, become a better husband for my wife, become a better son for my parents, become a better friend for my friends, become a better coworker for my colleagues, become a better man for me, you know? And I read a lot of books and uh, watched documentaries and any way I can, um, move forward and grow in my life. I try to take every opportunity for that, you know? Um, so now I'm doing it consciously, you know, uh, striving to be better and do better in life, in every aspect of my life. Back then, I guess it came from within, you know, uh, just not having the fear of having that heart, you know, cardiac arrest again or whatever. Yeah, just, I guess that's who I am. <laughs> right, right. Uh, another thing that, in thinking about people who exhibit this warrior mindset, is that that for their whole life, they're just this way. But that's a misnomer because we all go through ups and downs. Mm -hmm. And as I was listening to your story on a different interview, I uh, heard about your your bouts with depression and mm. binge eating and mm -hmm. bulimia, mm -hmm. which really stuck uh, a chord with me because that happened in my 30s mm. after I was training for my first big race. Mm. And it just crept up on me. And it, I think for me, it was a, a matter of, of um, not wanting to deal with failure and not wanting to lose control mm -hmm. because I had gotten to this level and I didn't know how to keep it. Mm-hmm. I wonder for you, though, being such a positive person, how did you respond to that moment in life? And how did you find yourself in that situation? When I had bulimia and binge eating disorder? Um, yeah. So 
that was um, after I finished my swimming career. I finished my swimming career when my eligibility to compete as a NCAA swimmer. You only get four years to compete in college. After that, your eligibility is up. But um, I was actually happy with that. You know, I didn't. That was uh, that was. I knew I was ready to finish my swimming career and move and move on in, with my life. Uh, boxing has always been my fa favorite sport. I've been a huge fan of boxing, and um, Mike Tyson, you know, was my favorite athlete growing up. When I was a kid, I had his posters on my walls in my room, and even when I came to college in, in my twenties, I still had his posters in my dorm room, and then in the in the house where I lived with my you know college roommates. Anyway, so I got into boxing, right, and. Uh, at first, after I finished swimming, I really got, I, I, I was like, I want to get strong. And I started lifting and I gained a bunch of strength, uh, and put a lot of size, some muscle, but, uh, you know, some fat with it as well. So I was the heaviest I was, was 213 pounds. And then I found a coach to work with for boxing. And I was like, Wow, this is awesome. I want boxing has always been my favorite sport and everything. Now I get this opportunity to box and travel around Philadelphia area and spar with different fighters and make these connections and learn from really great coaches and athletes as well, boxers. I was like, wow, yes, this is it. I'm going in 100%. I'm going to give this everything I got. And so my coach told me, you're too big. You know, I was, my endurance sucked <laughs> at that point. I was all only doing strength training and I was boxing a little bit to kind of do some cardio, but my cardio was awful at that point. And he's like, we need you, we need you to work uh, on your gas tank and you need to lose some weight for he, my coach said, you know, that for my height, for the way I'm built for my arm length and everything, uh, he thought, he thought it would be best for me to fight at, uh, 165 or 151 divisions so i ended up cutting to 151 uh, from 213 to 151 very fast in a very unhealthy way <clears throat> i was training very intensely running on average five miles a day and training like a boxer if you know uh 10 rounds of jump rope every day sh shadow boxing bag work mitt work two hard sparring sessions a week um, while eating on average 1,200 calories a day. Um, not the healthiest, healthiest food choices either. And yeah, I just, I just, the, I'm, because of, I was using my willpower, I messed my whole relationship with food up. Um, I was going every, every night I was going to bed starving, starving, not just hungry, starving. All I could think was food and how bad I want to eat, but I would uh, take sleeping pills so that would, they would knock me out so I could fall asleep so that I would wake up in the morning and go for a run so that I don't have to cope with this hunger, right. you know? And... <laughs> That really messed me up, you know. I would go for days and weeks sometimes, strict like that. 
but then I would have one or two or three crazy binge days, like cheat days. And um, for people who don't know what binge eating and bulimia is, like I would consume 10,000 calories in one sitting easily, you know, I would eat like a large pie of pizza by myself and then family size M&Ms and then I would dip chocolate uh, into ice cream and eat that and then uh, people who have been gene disorder like this who develop this they purge some people purge through intense exercise some people purge through throwing up I did both uh, and when you do that when you get in that cycle it's a cycle it's right. repetitive you know you, you you eat and you and you hate the um when you go and perch you hate yourself in that moment you know you're like right. absolutely why are you doing this to yourself why this is you you did this to yourself why are you doing this to yourself you hate yourself you try to promise yourself that you will never do it again Right. But you're at that point. You're so addicted. You're hooked. You there. Right. It's a, you. You can't like. I thought I messed myself up so bad that I didn't know if I would ever get out of out of there. So, uh, and it just happened with timing. While I was going through this with just boxing and cutting weight and training that intensely. The timing worked out that that was also the time when the war in Ukraine started and a whole bunch of bad things started happening in my hometown. My hometown was a war zone and uh, my parents were almost killed. One time my mom and dad were driving home from my dad's work and they noticed that the car is chasing after them. They tried to get away but they couldn't. This this car stopped them there was four or five individuals in that car they pulled my parents out of the car they handcuffed my dad with his hands behind his back while he was on the ground you know they were kicking him and everything they had weapons as well uh, my mom was my mom was yelling trying to stop him and you know they told her that if she wouldn't shut up they would cut her tongue off stuff like that so <clears throat> what we think uh that saved my parents that day is um my mom getting a message across to those people that my dad is a doctor my dad was an orthopedic surgeon back in ukraine so while the war was going on he was uh performing surgeries on a lot of people who participated in the war fightings with all kinds of you know wounds from gunshots, gunshots or whatever so I think they made a couple of calls and I think they confirmed with somebody that my dad is a doctor and they let him go. Shortly after that happened to my parents, they moved to the United States and that was all in the same, at the same time when I was boxing and I was dealing with, you know, all these things. But um, my parents had no jobs and didn't speak English. They only had that much money, which we were burning through very very fast um i was still finishing college because i did not graduate on time you know when i first came to the united states i barely speak spoke any english i probably knew like 20 to 30 words so it was a slow start for me in college so i was still going to college boxing dealing with my eating disorder 
Uh, my parents going through all of this war in Ukraine, a lot of people dying in my hometown. So all of that together, you know, that's how I became, I, I developed depression as well. And on me can, me can, uh, when I couldn't get out of this cycle of binge eating and purging, binge eating, you know, training hard, you know, again, over and over again, it became, my depression became even worse. Um, so was your question, how did I get out of that state? How, what led me, how did it, what steps did I take to get out of there? Is that right. correct? Yes. So, um, that was, that was the lowest point of my life. And, um, what, what I did, uh, to get out of there, I, it was step by step process. First step, it was, um, my wife at that time, she was coaching a synchronized swimming team in Canada. She, my wife is a very high level synchronized swimmer, athlete and coach. She coached Olympic level athletes in Canada. So first step was her to move to the United States. So we got, we were in a long distance relationship for a while. So first step was for my wife and I to be together. She moved to the United States. We'll live in my, in my parents' house. Uh, for a while my dad already got a job at that point uh, in the united states so that so things were going better with my family which is very very good and my wife moved that was very very good as well and um um for me uh it was our dream to move to la one day but we didn't know when it would happen but um, my wife didn't really know that I was going through all of these things like binge eating and I had depression, but when she moved, obviously she saw that something is not right with me. And she, a big thanks to her. She was the one who was like, all right, we, we got to do something with it, you know? So, she, so she was, um, she took initiative to support me. All right. It was our dream to move to LA. Why not do it now? Right now. You know? So basically what we did, we packed our suitcases, got in the car, and we drove from Philadelphia to LA. And we had no jobs, no interviews lined up, nothing. We we uh rented a room from uh in Airbnb. We lived at some people people's house. And we moved to LA and we started, you know, looking for jobs. And uh, I didn't even know what I wanted to do because at that point, up to that point of my life, I was a swimmer my entire life. And yes, I was boxing, uh, but I didn't know, ex like I didn't have as much boxing experience as I had swimming. So I thought uh, I would have better chances to find a job in swimming uh, field, right? So I was looking for swim coach positions. Um, but thank God, um, my wife actually found, found a, um, job, uh, thing on this website called Indeed, where all mm -hmm. the job postings are. And she found Box and Burn. And that's when we looked into it. And that was my first job in LA and I still have it. And I'm so happy I do because all, all of taking all these right steps, towards the life that you know, I know I wanted, that's what helped me to get out of depression. 
getting back to getting together with my wife, moving to the city where we wanted to live, finding a job that I know I love. I do. I absolutely love my job. I would do it for free. But the fact that I can make a living out of it is just a blessing. I could never make this kind of money that I'm making in Ukraine. They just don't pay that much in Ukraine for these kind of jobs. So I'm so blessed, so thankful. And ever since we moved to LA, it's just I take one day at the time, one breath at the time. And I'm so, so grateful because I know I could have been dead 10 years ago when I had my cardiac arrest. My heart could, could have never started beating again, you know, but somehow I made it out of there. And so, yeah, taking those steps and making good, the right choices uh, to towards achieving the life that I always dreamed about. Um, that was what got out of me out of depression. That's amazing, Shark. Thank you for Thank sharing. You. I know that's all of those things that you went through are so difficult in their own way. And I hate to cut our interview short, but we're cutting it into two. Mm -hmm. And on this next coming episode, we'll get to talk about the next big hurdle of your life, your fight against uh, stage three cancer. Um, thank you again for coming out today to share your wisdom and your warrior mentality. It, it is my pleasure and honor. Thank you so much. I'm honored to be a first guest on your podcast, Josephine. Thank you so much. Thank you for listening to Responding to Life, a podcast. If you enjoyed today's episode and would like to receive a bi-monthly newsletter with an exclusive and free video meditation, along with wellness tips and deals, please go to www.respondingtolifepodcast.com and sign up for the newsletter by entering your email address in the pop-up box. In there, you'll also learn my seven-step process on how to meditate like a pro so you can stress less and live more joyfully. If you enjoyed the show, I invite you to share it with your friends and leave a rating and review on whatever podcast outlet you use. I look forward to sharing another inspirational story with you real soon.